Hello, yeah, you, everyone, Steph. and welcome to a, another episode of Vulnerability Time. As always, it is literally so lovely to have y'all here. Um, my thanks and appreciation to you all, literally, and the special guests for um, this podcast going international. Um, it's all about just, you know, getting folks' voices out there to heal all of us and to remind us that we are not alone and that we are human. This is vulnerability time. So, um, yes, thank y'all so much for being here. Um, so today's topics, y'all, we're going to be talking about, give me one second. Let me just make sure I got it. So today's topics, we're going to be talking about porn addiction, fear, and attachment styles. Um, so that'll be today's topics. Um, and we have a super awesome special guest with us who is going to be talking about, you know, their experiences uh, with it and whatnot. So his name is Rowan. Uh, he's a YouTuber, an actor, a bartender, and from the UK. So that's <laughs> so dope, so cool. Um, Rowan, let's get to know you a little bit before we jump into these topics. Um, so you're a YouTuber. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. Um, so my YouTube channel started off quite spontaneously. Um, I just had a random thought to do like an impression video of a self-help YouTuber called Ice Cold JT. Shout out to Ice Cold JT if no one's heard of him, he's a great YouTuber. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it was just a random thought. I remember I, I, I was isolating because I, I caught COVID, so I had to isolate and I had nothing to do and I was just bored out of my mind. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to record a random video. And then I recorded that video and then uploaded it on YouTube and left it there. Um, didn't pick up much traction at all for the first few months. And then I came back to it about three months later and I, like, I had a few people messaging me saying like, oh, this video's blown up. And I went to check back and I was like, oh my God, it had like 5,000 views at the time. And I think it racked up about 20,000 views in the end. Um, and then I thought, oh, maybe I could make this into a, a thing. So. I impersonated some other YouTubers, uh, namely Hamza, First Man, a few people like that. I don't know if <laughs> that means anything to anyone, but yeah, and uh, they got quite popular. So, uh, and then I just tied it in with doing a bit of self-help and just stuff I've learned. I've, I always wanted to start like a YouTube channel just on the side as a thing to do, but I was sort of afraid to do it. So I think it was just like I had to put something out. And luckily, it picked up quite a bit of traction enough for me to jump on that momentum and keep right. it going forward. I mean, I haven't been uploading consistently recently, but that's more because I'm more focused on like the acting and stuff like that. So I haven't really had time to sit down and put the time in because it it's very time consuming, actually. I don't think people realize how time consuming doing YouTube is. And um, you've got to come up with the idea and then you've got to start writing something like a script or something like that and then you've got to film it and filming's an absolute faff because you could just quality comes out completely wrong or audio messes up and then you have to record it again um and then edit in yeah it's it's a, it's a long process oh, it's a long it process. Like a process it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole process in and of itself but yeah no it's definitely it's definitely worth it i think it's definitely worth it if people want to get into it that's so cool um so what's your YouTube uh, channel? My YouTube channel is Rowflow17, so that's R-O-F-L-O-W-17, just the number 17. Cool. I've checked it out, y'all. It's pretty cool. I like the channel. Um, I subscribe to it immediately. Um, and that information to his YouTube channel will be in the episode description below, folks. Um, give it a like, give it a watch, give it a subscribe um yeah we just we're all here to support you rowan i appreciate yes. it i appreciate any support yes but twenty thousand. what I, I didn't know that that's pretty that's dope wow yeah 20K? i was surprised i was surprised yeah dude okay so you mentioned something about fear a little bit um so why don't we just jump into that topic first you know um that statement of fear, not statement, excuse me, that topic of fear, what, give us a little bit on um, how that relates to you and how that resonates to you in your life in the past or current. 
or both in future? Yeah, good question. Um, I think in the past, as many teams do, you often suffer from confidence issues. I think the thing that helped me the most was with that was I start I got into like acting like I started doing drama. I think a lot of people use this technique where they're not very confident, so they do drama because you have to just let your guard down completely and you're completely exposed to the world and you're basically just on stage in front of everyone, like the spotlight's completely on you and you have to do a performance. But I think you realise through having like obviously have bad moments on stage, you have good moments on stage, you have moments where people laugh at you and stuff like that, whether they're laughing with you or at you. Um, it's up to debate half the time, but <laughs> um, I think it sort of forces you into the deep water and you've got to learn to swim very fast almost. So I think that helped quite a lot uh, with confidence issues in the past. I think <clears throat> as well, just just accepting that you're always going to have fear is probably one of the biggest tools to battle against it. Like, it's just a natural working mechanism in your brain, which was designed to like, ward off predators or whatever in the back in the caveman days where you were completely just at odds against everything in your situation and you had to fight everything off. And yeah, it's just. It's just being able to accept that fear is a natural thing. Then you can almost begin to accept it and just let it be there and just act anyway. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, basically. But I definitely like, think there know, are things you can do. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know like doing it afraid. Like you know, um, fear is there to protect us. I feel like the fear can be. Um, the lines can be blurred of what, you know, oh, fear is just completely gonna stop you. No, that's not what that means. Fear is, like you were saying, Rowan, um, there's things in life you gotta do it afraid. You just gotta, you know, do it afraid. That that fear is there to protect you. Um, however, it can, protection, a lot of the times, protection can also rob us of certain things. So, you know, you can have fear and still do something, you know? Um, because a lot of the times, you know, fear is that feeling, that protection mechanism. Um, action is something completely different. And that's what, honestly, that goes a little bit into bravery as well. Like, you know, bravery isn't, oh, I'm going in with no fear. No, it's like, I am afraid but I'm not going to let that stop me. Yeah. You know, and that's what bravery, that's what courageousness is. Um, yeah, because fear, fear um, is a feeling, not a, not a, not a stop sign. So it's like, it's, it's done, if, you know, have you ever had a moment in your life where you're just like, You know, how, how about this? Have you ever heard or were you ever under the idea of fear as something that's just all bad, just completely bad? Yeah, when you're completely crippled by fear, I think. Okay. When you have low moments in your life, it's almost like you feel like you're not going to be able to push through. I think you just have to remind yourself that it's just a moment and this is like fleeting. It, all it is is a feeling. So for that, I could... I would a hundred times recommend meditation and just being able to establish a form of like equanimity where you acknowledge that there's a, a feeling there, like a feeling of fear. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's it's there, but it doesn't it's just a signal. It's not it's not a thing, it's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a feeling that's that's moving through your body. And if you can meditate on it, you can feel into it and just once you feel it basically you realize that it's it's not actually like it, it it's just it's just there i don't know how to explain it no it makes any more than sense. That. You make yeah sense. um but yeah obviously like today we you're not walking out of the out of your house and there's a threat of being attacked by 500 wolves with no defense whatsoever or do you know what i mean getting attacked by another tribe so 
fear is it's outdated signaling basically right i yeah. like you know um it's <laughs> made me think of something that i heard before um basically um let's say if you're wanting to start let's see if you're wanting to publish a book but you're afraid of it go for it mm-hmm. however if you're going to go in the wild and throw rocks at a bear be afraid okay be afraid yeah. of that <laughs> you know yeah. and, and this kind of makes me think of you know fear is a type of uncomfort um so i'm just like you know I'm working on um, discerning fear in the moment. Is this something that's uncomfortable or is this something that's, am I in a situation that's uncomfortable or unsafe? Because there's growth in the uncomfort, you know, and like starting, even starting this podcast, a lot of fear. That's, I mean, it took me a year to start this because it was just a lot of fear. Um, You know, and I realized, you know, I was like, it's just uncomfort. You know, like, it's not like I'm getting into a ring with a bear and a lion and, uh, shoot, a zebra they kick really hard or something like that. (laughs) You know, so it's like, now that's unsafe. You know, and not to, like, you know, nullify, um, I mean, sorry, not to invalidate, you know, the feeling and the struggle with fear. Like, you know, like, that, that's gonna... Fear sucks. And the one thing, it's like, looking back, I learned in my life, and let me know what your thoughts on this is, uh, Rowan, um, is fear, though, okay, let me just say this. Though it took me a year to do this podcast, fear stopped me for a while. However, eventually, you know, I did it. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, I wish I was told this, is that you're not a bad person for not doing something right then and there um, all the time, if that makes sense. Like, give yourself time, grace, and patience. I mean, that's what helped me eventually get through this fear. I was like, you know what? I'm recognizing that I'm in this fear right now, and it's kind of like stopping me right now. Um, right now um but i just like one day one day one day one day i will take that leap of faith one day but i'm like it's not day one but one day i'll do it you know um and so here we are with the podcast and it went international so i'm just saying that you know it's just a reminder to me that there's a lot of there's a lot of great things on the other side of fear yeah yeah i think i think what you're touching on as well is just fear of failure in general and that's what most people fear these days yeah and it's quite a debilitating feeling because you just can't every every move you make is just squandered by the fact that oh i might fail if i do this this way or this doesn't work out as i planned but the best thing you can do is just realize that every time you fail all you can do you can learn from it so don't treat like there's a there's a jay-z line that i quite like it's um a loss in a loss it's a lesson so if if you lose the best thing you can do is just accept it for what it is realize that it's not the end of the world and you've still got another chance at it and just learn from it and try again and that's that's the way you're going to get better that's the only way you're going to get better unless you're like god's gift and you just do everything right but that would be boring anyway you wouldn't want to do that would you it'd it'd make everything pointless and yeah i think a fun game to do is say you've got a fear of doing something like i don't know approaching a girl or approaching a boy or whatever say like like you're just debilitatingly scared of doing anything oh oh my god i can't do this no way i can do this what you have to do is just think through all the possible possible scenarios and realize that like every single one of them just isn't the end of the world like what you get rejected right you just go on with your life that that's that's the worst possible possible scenario 
really in a realistic world you're not you're not going to get beaten up you might do you might do but it's very unrealistic so the thing you're fearing is rejection but rejection really isn't that bad like it probably was bad i think i think the problem is that our brains are working on a world so far removed from where we're living now where like everything was a threat like getting rejected by a potential partner was just a huge threat because it meant it could be the end of your genetics it could be the end of this family bloodline so yes, it was a threat to evolution. So you'd feel awful as a response of getting rejected. Interesting. But it's not it's not relevant today. So you have to learn to be able to just like realize that oh, that's a feeling, but it's not it's not relevant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's whoa, that's a great point. That I've never heard that before. That is a great point. Wow. Damn. See, it's really interesting. Like, you know, a lot of these things that we're feeling in today's society and that we're going through in our minds and a lot of things that we're afraid of, you know, it's nothing new. You know, a lot of these things were, you know, normal reactions that help humanity um, survive and thrive through yeah. all of these years. Um, and I, yeah, that's, yeah, dude, that's, I needed to hear that. Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. It's really fascinating. It's just learning about like how we operated in the past and we really haven't evolved that much. We, we, we're nowhere near not evolved enough to be able to live in this modern society. That's why exactly. the rates of depression and stuff are so high because people just don't know what to do. There's so much stimulation from everywhere that it's just impossible to be able to focus on one particular thing. Right. For longer right. than... 10 minutes like people's attention spans are probably absolutely jacked i mean i feel like mine's pretty bad but i know people that are worse um and i can't imagine what it's going to be like for the kids coming up because they've just been bombarded with stimulation from like tiktok instagram mm. tv constantly i was reading so like, um um and watching a video on that um you know like um it was this doctor, it was someone with high credentials, whatever, <laughs> you know, and they were saying like, yeah, this, our minds and our bodies, you know, it, it's, hmm. okay, society, like, okay, modern age, you know, technology and society, you know, it's, it grew way faster than our bodies in our minds can um like we're not there yet as a human race however we're still in this moment obviously because this is just society now um yeah and and um i don't remember where i heard this so take this with a grain of salt that um there are certain mental health mental illnesses that exist now but that didn't exist way back then yeah. Um, interesting. Wonder what that must have been like. I, I that that I wonder what that must have been like. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot around us that you know can contribute to a lot of things. Um, ooh. Okay. S something that made me think of um, when you said TikTok. Um, is addiction because tick I'm glad I don't have a TikTok because I've not yeah. met one person in my life that has said that TikTok is not addicting. Literally, the people that I've, my friends that have TikTok, everyone said that they're addicted and I'm just, I'm legit like everyone. And that's why I'm glad I don't have TikTok because I know I would, yeah. I know I would get addicted to it. So I'm just yeah. like, that's why I don't have Pinterest because I was like, I know who I, I know me. I know me. <laughs> um, so speaking of that realm of addiction, um, oof, this one needs to be talked about and just want to give you honor and props once again for, you know, being vulnerable uh, to talk about this topic, porn addiction. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's taboo. Let's just let's just break this ice, folks listening. Of course, this is going to be uncomfortable. Duh. Yeah. It's not talked about. It's There's some shame with it. You know, um, y'all, porn's a thing. We all know the word. We all know the sound to Pornhub. We all know, <laughs> like, if we see that logo, you know, without the words Pornhub, if we just see that logo, we're going to know what it means. Okay, yeah. so we're just going to... I'm saying this to just cut the bullshit we're gonna break the ice for us listening right now who are uncomfortable um i used to be extremely uncomfortable i still am every now and then um but it's real we we can't really heal something or confront something um or if we want to change something about this like we're not able to do that if we aren't willing to face the truth um and is that Look, if you're listening right now and you watch porn, the reality is you watch porn, okay? Like, you, you've watched porn. Like, that's, if you've watched porn, the fact is you have watched porn. So, um, I will just, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say is like, look, 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 look. Yeah. It's taboo. I've watched porn. I used to struggle with a porn addiction, like, no tomorrow. I used to struggle with it. So I'm just saying that to kind of like, ease the uncomfort for uh, those of us listening to this. Um, with that being said, Rowan, take it over. <laughs> um, yeah, just to pick off what you were talking about it being taboo, I think, yeah, I think the best way to beat this whole porn ep- epidemic is, it probably is, is to actually make it not taboo and just everyone talk about it. Like, that sounds stupid. and I, I don't think a lot of people would be on, on board with that, but you just have to make it taboo and you have to turn it into this almost silly stupid thing because in reality that's what it is like if you watch if you watch porn from like a conscious perspective where you're watching it and you're thinking what is this like what is going on here you realize how silly it is like the narratives the acting like it's just all very fake and very pathetic but it's very it's very clever and it tricks you into I don't know. It's just, it's very secretive. And because it's so secretive, that is the reason that people do it because they think, oh, it's oh, it's my little secret. It's my little thing. It's my little hobby that no one else knows about. And that sort of brings along a sense of anxiety and fear, which gets misassociated with being an enjoyable thing. But in reality, it's not doing anything for you. And it's just making your life worse. It's, it's just it, it, there's no benefits to being to watching porn at all like zero but there's an unlimited number of not watching it so if you don't watch porn you're gonna have so many more benefits um yeah psychologically if you watch it that. yeah 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 so it's like it, i think we almost have to ch- turn it into this just stupid thing like why would anyone ever do it in the first place but the problem is with this sex positive society, which is obviously just big corporate corporations trying to uh, promote this idea that it's actually positive and good for you and it's educational. It's really none of them things, but it tricks people into believing it is. Mm. And once you, yeah, once you believe that you just get stuck and can't get out, yeah. Um, I, I think it's really problematic for a lot of people but we have to realize how that is. Yeah, um, this brings me into my next question. One, um, this is gonna bring me into my next question for you. Um, Folks, if you're struggling with porn, don't, look, 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 um, do not feel bad. Shame literally does certain things to the brain that keeps us in a cycle, literally. I don't bring statistics and science on the show. Um, however, um, I encourage folks out there to do research um, yourselves, you know, and um, see all that great stuff. But um, yeah, it's, the mind is very, very interesting. The body is very interesting. Um, and it's just good to know, you know, why something's occurring. You know, um, so y'all don't feel bad. You know, if it's just something to recognize, addiction—it it's, doesn't go away in the snap of a finger. 
Um, so, in the regards to, um, since we're talking about the theme of addiction and time, um, when did this start for you? And was it an event or events that like kicked it off kind of? Um, yeah, it was probably a mix of events. I think I was first exposed to it with my brothers. I don't really, my brother, sorry. I don't really want to, like, it's not his fault. Like, he was just as naive as I was. I was like 10 maybe, but I I didn't like enjoy it really. And I was like, I'll never watch that again because that's just weird. But that's how it starts. That's how it starts. And then I'd say when I was like 13, I had a few friends that used to come over and just throw it on in the background because they were like, oh, it's cool. Like, this is cool. Like, this is what people do when they're cool, when they grow up. They're like, so I'd be playing video games. Like, it wouldn't be me that would put it on. Mm. They just put it on in the background on my computer. Mm. And I'd, I'd be concentrating on the video video game that I was playing. I wasn't really that interested. And then you start to take notice and eventually you just like start veering towards wanting to do it on your own. And then yeah, like six months after they started doing that, I basically had my first session and I was like, oh yeah, that was great, whatever. Because it's so secretive. It's like, oh, it's your little your little secret, like no one else knows about it. And then, yeah, it just um, continued for, I'd say a good five years, maybe five years where I'd just do it, say maybe twice a day. I'd say, I'd say I dropped it down when I was like 16, 17. But that was more because I was just focused on college, and in a way, I was I was on a I was on a porn diet, as as people like to call it, where I'd have like four or five days free, and I wouldn't do it, and then I'd build it up, and then I'd like I'd have a session then. <laughs> but I think that's almost worse for you because it's like you just get so much dopamine flooding, um, and then yeah, when I was like eighteen, nineteen, I just started to notice problems where like I had brain fog a lot of the time. Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel invested in the moment, if that makes sense. Like I didn't, I didn't feel in, inside myself. I almost felt outside of myself. I felt like I was here, like I wasn't in myself. I don't know how to explain it other than that. If people have experienced that, then yeah, that's, it, it's a relatable thing. Um, you become like um, desensitized to like relationships as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, like sexual problems I noticed. Mm-hmm. Went to get it checked out. They were like, oh, it's probably performance anxiety. But deep down, I was like, oh, I know it's because of porn or whatever. But I think the medical community doesn't really want to acknowledge it at this point. Mm-hmm. Really, they don't. I, I don't know why. I'm not sure if it's because they've not got enough research into it or. It's because it's un like you can't profit really off mm. telling people they've got porn addiction and should just not watch porn. You can just prescribe them a drug instead and say, oh, it's performance anxiety, here's some Viagra Cialis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, I need to do something about this. And then I found the NoFap forum on Reddit. I was trying NoFap. The problem with NoFap is that it's basically all about willpower and it essentially admits like it's an admission of truth that porn has some um benefit to it or some enjoyment because you're using power willpower to not watch it if that makes sense Mm. but the approach you should really take is just to unbrainwash yourself and make you realize in in your head that like it doesn't do anything for you so you wouldn't do it in the first place anyway so you don't need willpower to do it because if you have willpower you just constantly fight with yourself not to do it it'd be like imagine if like this is no hate to the nofap community i'm sure a lot of them mean well but i think there are a lot of people that like to keep people stuck in a cycle of addiction in a way because imagine if say i started a forum about people wanting to stop eating meat and I called it no meat and I was uh, I had so someone who, who wanted to go vegan was like oh yeah I'm gonna try out no meat from for a month and they'd be reporting every day like oh one day without meat oh, I'm feeling okay on oh, day three without meat I'm feeling a bit itchy like I still kind of want some meat day five oh I've relapsed oh I need to start again oh I've eaten some meat I've eaten some bacon I've, I've eaten a beef burger 
what am I going to do now? It's, it's almost like you're daring someone not to do it. It's like, oh, you're going to do it. You're not going to do it. Oh, you're going to do it. Instead, you should just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I can't. That's, that's something I don't do because of ABC. The best thing, if you want to understand this concept more and thoroughly and in detail, the best things I could recommend are to read AVRT. There's a crash course online. If you type in AVRT by, I can't remember his name, um, but there's a video online. It's like a 40 minute video crash course. And Easy Peasy Methods by Tim Allen. Oh no, Allen Carr, sorry. And that is on easypeasymethod.org online. And there's an audio book. There's, there's plenty of audio books on YouTube. But yeah, I would recommend those materials to anyone struggling with porn addiction. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the best thing I can say. Do you have you um, experienced it serving you back then? It just doesn't serve you now. Basically, an example of what I mean is like, um, back then in my household, it was just straight chaos. So like, porn back then would serve would serve me then um, because it brought comfort. Obviously, it didn't stay like that, okay? Like, um, it doesn't serve me now. Now it hinders. Because um, I do know a lot of, you know, coping mechanisms and skills that we have that we have that we carry with us today are now unhealthy for us however it was a survival skill back then for us and we did the best that we could so would you say that um porn porn had served some purpose in your life like you got what you needed out of it but like clearly in not like a, a not a way that you wanted to get something yeah. if that makes sense does that make sense yeah no that makes complete oh, sense cool, cool yes go me um yes but i think what you have to realize is that comfort is fleeting and every time you engage in the activity to comfort yourself essentially you're just making it worse for the next time so you're going to need it more and more if that makes sense yes whereas if you just never did it and you never needed that comfort tool in the first place then you would have been a lot better at coping than you would be if you had all those sessions it's sort of like a, a cheap way to cope it's, it's essentially the same as junk food it's like people who have an eating disorder and like eat really unhealthily to cope with like the problem, the mental problems or whatever, is it's a coping mechanism, but it's just a stupid coping mechanism. And that's not to sound offensive. It's I know I know what just, you mean. It's, it's a it's a psychologically stupid because it just causes more damage to you I, than I it would you if mean. you were in the first place. So say if you had a good coping mechanism, which for example would be meditation or just going for a walk or talking to a friend or reading a book like those things would benefit you in the long term more mm. whereas having a porn session yeah it, it gives you a, a little boost but the boost is it's a fleeting boost very fleeting boost and it causes more damage in the, a lot more damage in the long term which is beneficial to you in the short term if that makes sense so i think what you have to realize is that you, it's, it's more of an illusion that you're actually getting a boost. I, I think I explained it in that chat yesterday where it's like the benefit from porn can be likened to say wearing a tight shoe all day to experience the pleasure of taking it off. So it, it's like you're basically putting yourself through torture because all you're really experiencing is just a, a flood of dopamine and fear and anxiety. Like those things together aren't necessarily like good feeling emotions, but your brain gets tricked into thinking they are. And then the satisfaction comes when you end it, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, it's, so it's like, it is a coping mechanism, but it's it's a, right. it's one that's not very beneficial. 
And that's no fault of your own. You get tricked into believing it's a good coping mechanism through society, brainwashing, um, your friends brainwashing you, yourself brainwashing you. Um, That reminds me of something, um, a statement um, that I learned in one of my addiction classes. Um, It was a class about addiction and um, that I took in my uh, grad school which I'm still a grad student, just was one of the courses that I took. Um, So basically it said, you know, when it comes to addiction, um, there's a such thing as healthy addiction. I just didn't, when I hear the word addiction, I always think of something negative, but, um, but you know, I'm not going to get into all that. Um, But um, there's such thing as healthy addiction. Like for example, like um, drinking water, but it's just like we need water. But anyways, yeah. so when it comes to unhealthy coping mechanisms, I think that's the word that you were meaning to get at. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I was trying to think of the word too. I was like, wait, wait, what word? Okay, yeah, unhealthy <laughs> coping mechanisms. So how the mind and body um, work in today's, you know, society, modern society, um, we kill ourselves while we kill ourselves trying to survive. Basically what that means is like, let's say if like I'm addicted to like drugs, it could be like a survival mechanism to get a certain euphoric feeling, you know what I mean? To just better survive on this earth, even though those drugs are harming me yeah you know um it's this feeling this this because and that's a lot of a lot of the times i truly think that addiction is less about addiction and more about sanity Mm. some form of sanity we're getting it's this feeling it feels good just for a second it takes us away from whatever we're feeling in the moment and brings us to a new level and that's that that scary part because like you were saying you know um it feels good but it's not good for you yeah yeah and that's that's something really interesting that i learned the other day and this is not you know um like i mean yeah, I mean, it gets kind of like a, at least for me, um, it, it's like a euphoric feeling, especially like if I'm having a bad day, it's like, oh, what is this white thing on me? Y'all, there's some white thing on my face and it's like, it's only <laughs> showing up on camera and it's bothering me. I can't see it, so you should be fine. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, yes, but um, especially like when I'm like sad, depressed, you know, no, 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 let me not use those interchangeably. I struggle with depression. Not that much anymore, thankfully. But when I was extremely depressed in, a, in an environment of chaos, because my house is very um, physical abusey. <laughs> and so it's like porn was a comfort. It took me out of where I was at and it brought me to a quote unquote better place. All in the name of just trying to survive in that moment, to survive even better than I was already surviving. It, 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 I, how about this? It's like living became survival. And so even when we're out of those unhealthy situations and those moments where we're in dark places, we've picked up this survival skill, this habit, this addiction, you know what I mean? Um, and now we take it with us. Now it's it's with us, even when we are in a, a safe environment, but it's like, it's already our norm. So like the mind, the body is just like, okay, we're in survival modes. I can't tell the difference from like survival mode to living mode. So we're just gonna survive. That's what the mind and body is doing. And that's literally, you know, research folks, I, this is not a research channel. We're not gonna get into that. This is our ability <laughs> time. We're human, we come, we come here 
not knowing anything. Um, yeah, and so it's it's like when it, it's a lot of addiction. A lot of times we see the body is trying to maintain a certain type of sanity um, or skill to help you get through this earth the best you can. See, a lot of the times we think our body is harming us, a lot of the times, not all the time, a lot of the times the body is just trying to help us survive. However, that's why treatment and intervention is needed because it's like our body, our mind, you know, it's really interesting how the mind, I mean, how the body is also a, a brain as well. But anyways, we're not gonna get into that. But it's really interesting because it's like, a lot of the times, the body is just trying to protect us. It's just trying to love us. It just doesn't always know how to. So we yeah. need a little bit of help, you know. Um, okay, well, this is not okay. You know, because it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the times it can definitely feel too late. And it, yeah, and it's just like you look back and you're like, whoa, like, look at me now. What? three years later and like my mental my psychological it's, it's different because I'm like wow I've been on porn all these three years and I didn't see it coming it just slowly crept up on me um, yeah mm -hmm. yes 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 cool yes it's a slippery slope that's the thing slippery. you don't realize you're in it yeah yes. you don't realize you're in it until yeah. yeah exactly I like that I like that slippery slope that's what I was thinking of yeah yes um i also see it like um oh something really cool like a serpent like a snake like yeah you don't see it but it's there and then it bites you when it's too late <laughs> yeah i think you have to realize that you can just separate yourself from that addiction like yeah your brain's trying to serve you but at the end of the day you as a person do have control over your body if that makes sense so there's the part of your body that craves the on, but ultimately you are the person that has control over your motor functions. Mm -hmm. And that part of your brain is just like an old outdated sort of survival mechanism working to try and keep you alive, obviously. Um, but once you realize you don't need it, then you realize that you, you can just be free. Right. You, don't, you don't need it. like. Like, like you say, it doesn't serve you anymore. And once you come to terms with that, and you realize that it, it, it's not necessary to be there, you can almost have a conversation with that part of your brain and be like, look, I understand that you've done this for X many years to keep me safe and to keep me out of harm. And it's worked to a degree, but it's not serving me anymore and I don't right. need it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. One, one trick you can try is if you if you get some free time is say to yourself in your brain it'll be so great when i'll be free from porn for a year and feel the elation of that like feel how it'll feel to be like free for a year and just be completely free from everything not have to worry about it anymore and then say to yourself i'm never going to watch porn again and you almost feel a sense of fear coming from that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the two statements are basically the same and mean the same things. But one of them is predicated on the idea of fear that you'll never watch something again. Oh, God. Yeah. And the other is talking about the freedom and elation you'll feel after being free. <clears throat> Those are your two parts of your brains one is your survival mechanism or the little monster the beast or whatever you want to call it or the serpent which right. is fearing the idea of never being able to do it's like little thing again it's it's um favorite thing to do which is what's porn and the other thing is you that... is your rational brain mm -hmm. so so you can almost you can almost like identify two parts of your brain mm -hmm. and you have to go with the rational part of your brain and just not listen to the other part of your brain if that makes sense yeah, that makes sense. So, um, I know you're a beacon of, there is hope. So. Of course there's hope, yeah. Yes, and you're definitely a beacon of that, you know. So, um, 
I already know the answer to this, but would you say that where you are now with it is not where you were five years ago? Oh yeah, 100%. Yes. 110%. I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near perfect. Well, I'm not, no, 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 nowhere near perfect. Like I have had slip ups. Yes, but it's but I think this, this past that, yeah. yeah, this past year I've realised that it's just pointless. Like there's no point doing it, and it's all about a mindset switch. Yes. Which before the past four years when I've been trying to escape, it's been like it's more been of a tug of war with myself. Yeah, and it took time, like you said. You know, like the past four, like like um, like you said, like it didn't happen in a snap of a finger. It took time no. to get it. Yes, I like that. Um, you know, thanks for sharing that. I mean, because that's a good reminder. Because I know it, at least for me, with a lot of things, you know, that I can be a little bit hard on myself because I'm just like, oh, I have to get this right by tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Trenton, first off, it, 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 it didn't take you a day to get it wrong. So why should it take you a day to get it right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm just like, it took years for this to accumulate and to build up. And it's like, yeah. So it just, you know, it just reminds me of what, what you just said, just, you know, reminds me and gives me, you know, just a reminder of, hey, you know, eventually we'll get there. Things are an upward yeah. spiral. It'll get there eventually. Yeah. You just have to be like, you have to realize that the moment you say you're free, you are free. And even if you're not feeling great in yourself because you've, you're suffering whatever withdrawals, whatever, like life is still great. Like life still can be a great thing. And the only thing you're getting from wallowing is just making yourself worse. It's just a pointless activity. And like, even if you slip up, it's not the end of the world. Like addiction is bad, yes, but it isn't like it's not the end of the world like going back to fear like fear is the thing that keeps you trapped in it you just have to let go of fear i don't know it's, it's, it's easier said than done but you have to realize that like even if you still are addicted and you've still got the, all this path ahead of you it's a, it's a great journey because you learn so much about yourself you just have to be have to become like happy basically right exactly you know I'm loving the wisdom, Rowan. Um, I know that we're about to wrap up really quick. Um, we're about to wrap up here in a, in a minute or two. Um, um, and I know we didn't get to attachment styles. It's so right. Rowan will be back. Rowan yeah. will be back <laughs> next special guest episode. So just a reminder to folks, um, the episode, the even number episodes are just my commentary and the odd number episodes are the special guests so rowan will be on the next special guest episode um so we're going to talk about attachment styles and you know and that's a whole nother world of in and of itself and i definitely think that that um topic um in 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 the first place you know needs that can be its own segment honestly um um, but yeah, so a couple things that I do like to do, Rowan, I do want you to name, I do want you to give a little shout out to some people. Give a couple, sh give a couple, say hello. Let's say hello to some people. As in people I know in real life or anyone? Yes. yes. I'm going to, I'm going to give a few shout outs. I'll give a few, I'll give a shout out to uh, Philip Cook, who is an upcoming YouTuber and I've had quite a bit of correspondence with. Um, it's quite low key, but... He's a great guy and he's, he's looking to do great things with like the self-help community and stuff like that. So, um, shout out to my mum, I guess. Shout out to my dad. Shout out to my brother. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but <laughs> we'll, <laughs> say, we'll save it for the next episode. Um, gotcha. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people. Shout out to you, Trenton. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I've loved Thanks it. for being here. Thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. You you it's the special guest it's the audience you turn yeah. child to the audience yes you turn <laughs> my podcast into our podcast so yeah. you're a special guest this is no longer one this is your episode vip celebrity um 
But two, you know, this is now our podcast, Rowan, you and me, you know, this is just as much as your podcast as it is mine. Um, Literally, I literally, if I could go in and, you know, change the copyright, um, I would put like each and every special guest name, but I'm not going to do all that because that's way too much work. It is way too much work. And I was like, I just rather, I know. I was just like, I'm not doing all that work. That's just way too much. <laughs> but, you know, you get the point. You get the sentiment. Yes. Um, yeah. And as always, you know, we want to thank you um, on behalf of the audience and, you know, just me personally to thank you um, for just taking the time out of your day to be vulnerable, to being strong enough to be vulnerable, to show this part of you, to show this side of you that, you know, a lot of us can resonate with but are just, it's taboo to talk about. So I'm so proud of you for pushing through that, Rowan. Um, because because of you, somebody out there is gonna be healed. You know, and someone out there is gonna progress in their journey because they're like, you know what? I'm not alone. I resonate 100% with Rowan. That's what someone's gonna, some people out there are gonna say, you know, and so this, is a beacon of hope this is a reminder this is rowan this is vulnerability time with that being said folks i i'll get better at the outro y'all i know that was so cheesy um i'm working on it not really but one one day like like rowan said you know it'll get there one day it was good it was good I thank you rowan um but already, y'all, I'll see y'all next episode, and we will have Rowan back for part two. Ooh, my, yes, Ooh. I'm excited. Alrighty, adios, folks. You, you stay. On.